Restaurante des Orchata Barf! Help me out! Which beer has the highest alcohol by volume? Good choice! Uh, Dora, you're not old enough to buy that! No shit. Dora, please, no! It's wrong! <laughs> now let's complete this transaction! Hey, stop that kid! Oh you my god, Dora's on the roof! I bet I can fly. Do you think I can fly? I've never been able to hear you since the show's big lie! And see, this is normally where we start laughing ridiculously about something <laughs> we said off stage, and then that's been it's cut in. It's a very somber book. It's kind of somber. <laughs> it, it's, uh, whatever. Uh, welcome to episode 15 of the Funny Books and Firewater podcast. This week we were discussing Alias, or Jessica Jones Alias, if you want to piss off Q. Yes, because uh, it's stupid. Uh, originally published in uh, 2001, a lot of us got the trades that actually were published in 2015, which changed the name to uh, Jessica Jones. Uh, it's written by uh, it's written by Brian Michael Bendis with art by Michael Gados. So we're here to uh, discuss comic books and uh, and sing up cocktails. And I normally do a better intro than that, but I don't remember what the hell I normally say. Um, so anyway, we will. You're forgetting. First of all, we're 15 episodes, and I think people know what we're doing here. Well, you never know. People might be joining us for the first time. We would well, like, like I said earlier, I'm here to drink and know things. Yes, yeah, so. we are all here to drink and know things. That's exactly what we do. Um, so anyway, the first voice you heard is the sultry sound of Salt Lake Comic Con's most fancy panelist. We have uh, Adam McDonald. Yes, uh, it's Adam uh, with Big Shiny Robot, the Board as Hell podcast, and like Brian was said, uh, is officially a uh, guest panelist at Salt Lake Comic Con. If you go on their website uh, you can go click on my on their guests and i pop up and the picture was taken by my really really good friend justin who probably doesn't listen to this podcast but he should because he's amazing and he would have fun with it so yes comic con is less than two months away uh, and i am incredibly incredibly excited for that yeah and he's fancy as hell congratulations awesome thanks dude uh also in utah congratulating the uh fancy pants adam um the world famous as heard on the funny books and firewater podcast todd well thanks for taking my intro (laughs) yes you can find me at funny books and firewater and yep that's where you find me and that's where i reside i'm todd i live in salt lake and here to talk about comic books and drink stuff yeah drinking and i thought i saw you on the corner of 21st and state the other night was that you was i driving no you were just you were were working the corner like a like a hot babe if i was wearing the go-go boots then yes okay i was on i was on his front throwing poppers at you just so you know oh thank you (laughs) that that made things a lot of fun that's actually a true story A, a good friend of ours owns a coffee shop on state street like right by there and on 4th of July, he was on his roof throwing poppers at hookers when they were trying to get into John's cars. Wow. It, was, it was awesome. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's video. It's, it's an amazing thing. So go, go to the watchtower and tell Tui I said hi. Wow. <laughs> that sounds like fun, actually. And the celebrity costume designer from La Plata, Maryland, we have Q. <laughs> celebrities. The celebrity. All, all of the major La Plata celebrities come to me for their costumes. That's true. Uh, so officially, I am done with costuming 1776. Yay! <laughs> uh, so next is uh, helping with Gypsy and then um, costume designing White Christmas. Uh, oh, at, oh, and the uh, obviously highlight of the year is working on my um, Scatterbrain Halloween costume. 
For those of you who don't know who Scatterbrain is, go ahead and look her up. She's part of the TechNet created by uh, Chris Claremont and Alan Davis. So I'm assuming an X-Men character. Yes. Uh, once again, appeared maybe in 10 issues. Uh, amazing. <laughs> um, so, yeah. And uh, I don't want to brag, but I am a uh, level 2 Pokemon master um, now on Pokemon Go. Just, you know, I know, right? Uh, uh, I'm Brian. I uh, Yeah, I'm sort of the cat herder on this thing. Um, and uh, I'm in Southern California. And uh, I don't know if there's much more else to say that I can say without getting fired. Um, so... Ooh, you suck dick, don't you, bitch? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a YouTube video that's been going around. And uh, if you haven't seen it, you probably should. Because we've texted back and forth to each other many times already in the last couple of weeks. Uh, so, uh, this is how we like to proceed. Because this is how we've started proceeding now. Um, we're going to give you a little taste of uh, Jessica Jones, um, and then uh, we'll uh, go to a little break. Um, you can read it if you haven't read it already. Um, you can plow on through the break, and uh, we'll start kind of dissecting the book uh, with, with a spoilerific, uh, you know, festival of uh, discussion. Um, so yeah, so Jessica Jones, since Q, I don't know, do you want to discuss this since you were the OG on this and got really cranky when I said that it was called Jessica Jones? <laughs> Well, when you were like, oh, so most of us bought this in 2015. No, most of us didn't buy that. Okay. Just you. Just me. Um, <laughs> I'm late to the party. I apologize. Um, so Jessica Jones is a sort of noir uh, book. It was originally printed under the Marvel Max imprint, which was supposed to be kind of like DC's Vertigo, uh, a little more adult and uh, it follows Jessica Jones, who uh, we come to find was a former superhero and is now a private detective uh, who specializes in sort of the superhero slash uh, superhuman uh, cases of New York City and um, all of the craziness that she gets into. Wackiness ensues. Um, yeah. Hashtag wackiness. <laughs> <laughs> Not terribly wacky, but still a good book. And uh, I, I will ruin this for you. Uh, to begin with, I've already had a little too much drink, apparently. Um, I, I can't talk. Uh, but I'll ruin this for you. If you've seen the TV show and expect the comic book to be the same, there is no Kilgrave, at least not in the first trade. Is, does he show up later, Q? Out of curiosity? Yes, he does. Okay, so he shows up later, but not in the or, first trade. Or better known as the Purple Man. The Purple, Purple Man, Man. Yeah, that's what he's doing. Okay, so I have to re- keep reading further to get to Kilgrave. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, cool. Then, um, so, yeah, so we'll let you uh, take a little break, go uh, give it a read, and, uh, you know, get yourself a cocktail, and uh, uh, join us on the flip side. I just wish we could all get along like we used to in middle school. I wish that I could bake a cake made out of rainbows and smiles, and we'd all eat be happy. She doesn't even go here. Do you even go to this school? No. I just have a lot of feelings. And we're back. For those of you who I know, right? That was so quick, you guys. You guys are like the fastest readers ever. I know, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Speed reading. That reminds me of a horrible 9-11 joke, but I won't go there. Yeah, that one probably we should avoid. Um, yeah. So anyway... So we're back. I uh, hope you enjoyed the book. Um, if you didn't enjoy the book, uh, you know, you can talk to Q about uh, the fact that he enjoyed it well before or hated it well before you. Anyway. Uh, I'm so hipster with this book. You kind of are. Like, which is fine, I guess. I'm trying to think if there's a comic that I would be hipster about. And I, don't, I mean, I don't know if I really am or not. Eh, 
I'm kind of proud of the fact that I have a signed copy of, uh, what is it, uh, Scott Pilgrim. I'm kind of happy about that, but that's about... Oh, that's really cool, actually. Yeah, a friend of my, my roommate at the time was wor working Comic-Con, and he went and got... Uh, it was right after the last trade had come out, and uh, or the last book had come out, and he got that signed for me. So actually, the funny thing was I bought two copies of it, and I gave one to him as a gift, and he gave it back to me signed. And I'm like, I'm not going to complain about that. Nope. So, so I, have well, two, I have two copies of the last Scott Pilgrim, and one of them is signed, and it came. it's within like a week that the book came out. So I will be a little hipstery about that. Um, but anyway, uh, I think it's fair to say that this this trade, because uh, it's the first nine issues, is kind of split into two storylines. I mean, uh, you sort of have the Captain America storyline, spoilers, and uh, then you have sort of like the sidekick Rick Jones kind of storyline. Rick Jones, bitch. Which I think, I, when I was looking online, <laughs> Rick Jones. Um, Celebration. Uh, <laughs> it, it kind of had a, uh, a vibe, of, or I think they called it uh, now appearing at B-level, is what they were calling it online as that name of that storyline. Um, which we can get into. So, uh, diving into the first issue of the first book. So basically, this is uh, your introduction to Jessica Jones, and you start out kind of, this is one of the few similarities between uh, Jessica Jones, the TV show, and Alias, the comic book. Q, that was for you. Um, Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, so Jessica Jones is in her uh, private uh, investigator uh, service office thingamajig in uh, New York City. She's talking to a guy who, you know, had hired her to check in on his wife, and reveals to him that uh, that she may or may not be a mutant. Which this leads to this weird question that I've never quite figured out: is that in a world where they will accept Captain America, Marvel, or Captain America, Iron Man, and the Incredible Hulk, they're still pissed off about mutants. And I've never quite figured out why that is. But he's like upset that his wife is a mutant, which I think is strange. Uh, because mutants were born that way. Okay, so if, if <laughs> no, I have no idea. If, if you create a suit or subject yourself to medical experimentation to become a superhero, that. That's okay, but if you were born that way, they're against it. Apparently. Yes. Wow. Okay, that... Have you tried not being a mutant? Yeah, like, it's very strange. Uh, okay. Well, you have to, I mean, and I don't want to go too much into the history of everything, but, you know, X-Men was technically... The whole mutant thing was started up as a parallel to the civil rights movement with, you know, Malcolm X being, like, Magneto and Charles Xavier being, like, Martin Luther King. So the idea of being racist and hating mutants kind of went hand-in-hand hand with, you know, hating black people and their fight for equality. And in much the same way as, you know, the years have gone by, you know, like I mentioned, the whole have you tried not being a mutant thing, which came from X2, it's kind of changed into the whole LGBT thing. So have you tried not being gay? Mm -hmm. So I think that's, that's why they've always kind of kept it on that, oh, well, we're racist against mutants because they're born that way, because that was where the original idea for that struggle came from, was you can't change your sexuality, you can't change your race, and that's kind of the backbone of the mutants. At least that's what I always felt. I mean, Q, maybe you can dive no, a bit deeper. That's all. See, the way I look at it a little bit is you've got your Captain America Iron Man, and they're like on the Avengers, which is Team USA. And so they're kind of like, uh, who's a. They're like the Cleveland Cavaliers. Go, Cavaliers. Jay, you're our team, but don't. Fuck the Cavaliers. I know, right? <laughs> Q and I don't understand what you're saying. <laughs> but at the moment those team members want to move in next door to you, then it's not okay. It seems to be a little bit of a knot in my backyard. You can do your thing over there, and it's cool you're doing that, and I'll have your nuclear power, but I don't want to have any of your nuclear waste or your uh, don't live next to me. The nuclear power thing I understand. The Cleveland Cavaliers thing does not make any damn sense to me at all. Fine. Because like, as, much as, as much as I hate the Cavaliers, if LeBron James wants to move in next door to me, A, I don't think that house would be big enough for him, but B, <laughs> I don't necessarily have an issue with that. Hey, as long as we hang out like he does in Trainwreck, I'll be perfectly happy. All right. 
Okay, so anyway, uh, we actually had sports talk here on the Funny Books and Firewater podcast. There you go. <laughs> it wasn't it related. would have ever come from me. Uh, I know, right? Well, and, it, and it had no relation to Space Jam, which is also shocking for this show. Uh, so anyway, so uh, so this guy is pissed off that his, uh, his wife is a mutant, so what does Jessica Jones do? But throw him out the window and smashes his window, similar to the TV show. Uh, police show up, and they kind of reveal that Jessica Jones at one point in time was a costume superhero, um, and she ends up going to uh, a bar owned by her friend Luke Cage, which then, of course, leads to uh, Adam's favorite part of the show, which or the book, which is the Sweet Christmas butt-fucking. butt-fucking. <laughs> and in honor of that, Adam, I picked my drink. Um, it is. I am, I am calling it the Sweet Christmas. Um, it's actually found online as the Christmas cookie recipe. Um, but what it is, it is one ounce of peppermint schnapps, one ounce of Kahlua, and one ounce of Irish cream, basically. So it's sort of like a peppermint um, white Russian. Um, Ooh, that sounds delicious. Uh, yeah, so that is my, that's my sweet Christmas recipe for Adam for the sweet Christmas butt-fucking scene. And it even shows up a, a little bit brown and a little bit white, so it's a little interracial for you. So uh, enjoy that. Um, oh, I was making a horrible joke. I won't go there. Uh, we're, we are nothing if not totally PC on this show all of the time. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, yeah. So, continuing on, uh, then Jessica goes back to her office. Another woman is hiring her to... Uh, Try to find her. Uh, uh, try to find her sister because her sister's disappeared after trying to get her shit together. Um, a woman named uh, Miranda Pritchard. Which Q Adam? Does that have any other significance elsewhere? I don't know if that that character has any significance or not. No. 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 no she's she, she's just um, you know. She's just a basic bitch. Basic so, bitch. So so uh, jumping into uh, some stuff that I like about this book, I really like the art. It's very gritty. Um, kind of thing. It's not. It's not like that clean, polished look that uh, Marvel usually has. Mm-hmm. And um, and one of the things that I really liked, especially with the introduction of oh, what's this woman's name? The one who actually tried to hires her. Uh, Miranda Pitt, mm-hmm. I think. No, no. I thought Miranda is the is the girl. Is oh, the, uh, my sister. So, oh, you're right. So, yeah, whatever. Yeah, okay, yeah. Or, or spoiler alert, not her sister. Um, one yeah. of the things that I love is that you're looking at this at this woman, and you can tell that something is just off mm-hmm. about her. Like, there's definitely something weird about her. And once again, knowing like noir and sort of like these private detective movies, you're like, there's more to this than oh, my sister is missing. Yeah. Kind of thing. Like, like you you already get the suspicion that something else is going on. And um, I, I just I, I really enjoyed that um, in the in the art. Um, yeah, well, she has the the very famous crazy eyes. If you've watched uh, How I Met Your Mother, which uh, the funniest thing is when me and my wife first started dating, she asked if the crazy eyes were a real thing. And A, have I, I have dated girls with crazy eyes, but B, she's like, well, can you give me an example? And there was a girl we worked with that I pointed out to, and I was like, that person, which I won't say on this show. And she was like, oh, so those of you who uh, are still in the dating scene um, and run into a girl with crazy eyes, run. Just just run. <laughs> I'm just going to put that out there. Just. Oh, no, my, my buddy, I, I, I haven't talked to him in a couple years now, but his girlfriend at the time, like, you can just, you walked in, like, my... You can just see the glint, and you're like, "Oh fuck!" Yeah, <laughs> I've, I've described it as that. Uh, you can you look in their eyes, and you're not quite sure who's driving. Um, you know, like somebody's home, but you're not sure who's in charge inside their head. Uh, and uh, yeah, and I'm sure Todd probably remembers some of the ex-girlfriends that had the crazy eyes that I'm talking about. I am sure. I am sure do. 
<laughs> yes, it's part of your repertoire. It is. So. There's a whole other podcast of my crazy ex-girlfriends that would be uh, very interesting and uh, get me in a lot of trouble. You could have them on. Uh, yeah, let's not and say we did. <laughs> yeah. Which I did have an awkward <laughs> run-in with one of my... That wasn't awkward. I just, like, I was driving by and uh, at work, and uh, one of my exes was sitting there for various reasons and looks up at me, and I was like, oh, awkward, smile and wave. Smile and wave and just keep keep going. Don't stop. Uh, yeah. Don't stop. Don't stop. Hey, also, don't with stop. The, he was saying about the art with this. I like the art, but I will do a pet peeve of Bendis has a tendency to have thought, talk, bubble, maze, race runs. And those yeah. can absolutely drive me crazy. It's like, is this well, a comic book yeah. or just a series of pop bubbles? And to be fair, Bendis is always really wordy. So. Yes. Yeah, he is. And this isn't as bad as some of the, like, I love Powers, but, like, there have been, there have been times when I'm reading Powers where you turn the page and you just look and you go, oh, fuck. Like, there's just, like, a lot of information and stuff there. And, like, you're just trying to sit there and trace through it. This is not as bad as some of the other stuff, but, yeah, that is sort of a... Uh, but at the same time, how are you going to have a detective, kind of hard-boiled detective story without thought bubbles? That's no, the voiceover. I, I don't think it's the concern of the voiceover. I think what it is, it's the back and forth and the multiple bubbles leading all over the page. Um, and it gets, like, kind of convoluted and confusing to read is what I think the bigger complaint Yeah, you're be. looking at the bubbles. It's like Tom and Jerry are chasing after each other. And you're like, am I, who's on first is where it starts to get me at times. But you guys are fans of Deadpool, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And so, but you're not complaining about those when he's actually talking to himself in the thought No, I, I think the problem is this. I think, I think it is, A, Deadpool's color-coded so you know which voice in his head he's talking to. That first helps. First and foremost. That helps. Secondly, I think what it is, is it's the three words in this bubble, then four words in this bubble, then five words in this bubble, rather than a block of words in, like, a bubble. Like, the, the conversation, it, it's more, I'm going to make a full statement rather than I'm going to say three words, and three words are going to be said, and three words are going to be said, and three words are going to be said. That, it's that back and forth that's so quick. And I understand that's trying to go for, like, a rapid-fire kind of pace. That's where it gets, I think, more confusing. Well, and see, actually, I, I'm, actually, I'm flipping around, and I'm on the page where she's uh, doing the research to try to find... Crazy Eyes sister, and she's talking about how you can find everything online, and for thirty bucks you can Google someone and find out where they are. Yeah, and that's a perfect example of the, what you're talking about. But see, I actually like that a lot because for me, in my head, I'm reading it like I'm, you know, in the same kind of tone that I would hear like in like a Humphrey Bogart movie or something like that. And you know, I, I can hear music play like speakeasy music, mm-hmm. speakeasy music playing in the background. So for me, that actually sets the mood perfectly. I love that. The thing I hate about this book though is I hate the faces. I hate the way they draw the faces. They just annoys the crap out of me. Okay. Uh, so about the word bubbles, like I liked it because it's stream of consciousness. Like just the way that I'm talking, the we don't always complete a full thought mm-hmm. every time that we are coming up with with words and. It's, uh, in, it, once again, if, if, if we're trying to do, like, voiceover, if we're trying to do real time, if we're trying to get into the mood of this sort of, um, you know, she's typing, 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 you know, trying to figure out stuff, I think that's just, it, it it's, for me, it, it sort of puts you in that right mind frame, so that way you're not reading it as complete thoughts, because she's not completing her thoughts. Right, and those are fine and good, but for me, like, four pages earlier, when they were initially talking to each other as a good example if you've got the book in front of you that's what really drives me a bit crazy and it seems to be it gets gratuitous at times a little bit goes a long way sometimes too much is just too much 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. they, they worked for me. So. Oh, good. I'm glad. I mean, and I, I like this book a lot, and I, I, it doesn't dissuade me. It's, it's a thing that Bendis does a lot, and I think he does it worse in other books. I think this is not the worst example of Bendis doing going crazy on word bubbles. Um, uh, yeah, so I think I'm going to plow ahead and try to summarize this quickly, because I'm realizing with the way this book is, if we go through every detail very quickly, we will be here for years, and I don't think anyone will have the patience to listen to this shit. Um, so... Basically what ends up happening, uh, to try to summarize it up, and then please jump in and fill in any holes that I leave in, uh, is so she goes in to start looking. Well, one thing I will jump in at, one of my favorite parts about the story is actually, I don't know why I liked it, but I like the whole conversation about her saying, when someone hires you, half of the, the job you do is actually making sure that the person you are um, looking into, or the person who hired you, is legit. That you know you didn't have some crazy stalker hire you to go find someone which I don't know why I like that, but I thought it was interesting. Um, it just might be, I don't know, I have, I have various thoughts. But, um, so plowing through, so she does go and start finding the sister, and then when she finds the sister, uh, she is videotaping it and then acts, or, and then videotapes the guy that her sister's with, and then at that point in time, you f- real, she finds out that the guy that she's with uh, is Captain America, and she sees Captain America changing into his costume, so she now has a videotape that has the secret identity of Captain America on it. Um, which causes conflict for the rest of this storyline. So... This character, Miranda Pritchett, when I first saw the Avengers movie, and there... Once again, I can't remember the actress's name, and I don't feel like Googling it. Um, she's the one who plays the waitress, who um, actually... She also plays the youngest sister on Growing Pains, for, for those oh, of yeah, you who okay. are crazy like I am. Um, she, when she's being escorted out, she sees Captain America's face, and for whatever reason, I was really hoping that when they did the next Captain America movie, that they would sort of make her the love interest instead of the whole Sharon Carter mm-hmm. niece or whatever the fuck she is, um, the way they went the, in the movies. And I really, even though I obviously didn't want anyone to die, spoiler alert, um, the... I thought that they were going to make that character Miranda Pritchett mm-hmm. and and then have this sort of storyline, not necessarily Jessica Jones, because this was way before um, Jessica Jones was even thought about becoming a, a TV show. Um, but then, of course, when I heard that they were doing it, I was like, oh, it'd be really good. Like, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be Captain America, but wouldn't it be interesting if she, like, found it was, like, a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent or, mm-hmm. or something? I thought that, you know, that would also be an interesting kind of thing. Because I, I, I really like this. She, because once again, you already knew something was off with Crazy Eyes Sister. And then, you know, Jessica's doing her stakeout. And it's like, oh, fuck, this is Captain America. Shit. Like mm-hmm. you know, this this is like a big deal. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's my side story. Yeah, and so. and she does go into like the oh shit, I do have you know Captain America's information. She freaks out. She takes it home. She thinks, oh god, maybe I don't have anything here. Unfortunately, the videotape came out, so she has this videotape. She goes to Luke Cage for help. Luke Cage is hooked up with another woman there who sends her away. She tries to go to the Avengers Mansion. She can't get a hold of anybody through that. Um, and then when she gets back to her office, she is greeted by the police and then taken in for questioning. Um, who then bring up the fact pack that the past uh, of her that she was a costume superhero named Jewel. Now, did was Jewel a real character? Or was she kind of invented for this? So, so first, you skipped an important detail: the fact that Miranda was murdered, and that's why the police are arresting her. They're taking oh, yes. in for questioning. Uh huh. Okay. Sorry. Um, no. So, um, 
as, we were, as I was kind of talking about earlier, so Jessica Jones was an original character created for this comic book, and then she was sort of retconned into being a costume vigilante named Jewel, who was sort of a sidekick to um, Ms. Marvel and uh, supposedly friends with Peter Parker. Um, and also did like some stuff with Spider-Man. Or something like that was with Peter yeah. Parker. Yeah. She, yeah, so so she so you know, sort of timeline wise, she's the same age as Peter Parker. Um, they went to high school together. Um, but anyway, she but she also was fighting crime. And um, the uh, so originally Brian Michael Bennis wanted uh, Jessica Drew, who is a private detective already, and um, a and a for at the time a former superhero she's the original spider woman and um unfortunately marvel was like uh, no we kind of have big plans for spider woman um for those of you who don't know uh, right soon after this came the whole secret eva- invasion that uh, spider woman was a huge part of and um I kind of, the, uh, the thing that kind of bugs me about that is that I really wish that he would have completely changed her name instead of just the last name. <laughs> the fact that her name is still Jessica is kind of like, okay, we get it. You really wanted someone named Jessica. Jessica! <laughs> um, but, um... But yeah, no, she she was not she was not a previously known character. She was just retconned into um, sort of a behind the scenes thing. Then uh, going through, so she's being investigated. She finds out um, uh, the Pritchard, Miranda Pritchard had been mur- uh, uh, murdered. Um, the detective, you know, brings up the fact that she used to be a superhero. Um, also, kind of accuses her that she has multiple personality disorders, some of that which pisses her off. And uh, then, of course. Uh, before she's able to say anything too horrible, Matt Murdock, a.k.a. Daredevil, shows up as her attorney and escorts her out. And then you find out that Luke Cage had hired Matt Murdock because they were uh, friends um, to kind of uh, help get her out of trouble. Um, and then she ends up, uh, returns to her office, and um, she calls, uh, she ends up calling... Um, crazy Eyes. Uh, crazy Eyes. Uh, oh, yeah, the Shrek calling... Well, no, that's part of the reason why they arrested her is that she tried to call Crazy Eyes, going back a little ways, and uh, she ended up showing up in the crowd outside of where uh, Miranda had died because she was going back to the address of Crazy Eyes um, and uh, that Crazy Eyes had given her because her phone number wasn't working. Oh, that's right. That's what it was. Um, I'm sorry. So then Jessica Jones calls Carol Danvers, a.k.a. Miss Marvel, is that right? Yep. Okay. She, uh, who she used to be with and asked her basically to use her connections through... Um, uh, the Avengers to look up a number and the number that she was given was actually part of a presidential campaign's bank of phone numbers, a Democratic presidential campaign. So now Jessica heads down to Washington, D.C. Um, and she uh, sees, um, you know, you see some, uh, you, you see some, uh, Candace's name is Keaton, um, which I would like to think is a reference to the Batman uh, star uh, Michael Keaton, but his name is Stephen Keaton. But, uh, you know, my own personal nerdiness uh and so um uh you know she's in a bar um seeing all this information and she starts to figure out that she was set up to get this videotape of captain america in order to damage the uh president um and uh she gets kicked out of the bar because she smashes a drink and there's that whole i don't want any mutants here blah 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 um so she ends up getting a hold of does she try to get a hold she goes to the campaign office um, and Miranda Pritchard tries to, to run away, and um, uh, she faints. And uh, Jessica finds her phone number and uh, her cell phone, and her and on the phone she's trying to call 
uh, a law office of uh, Lawson and Davino and Silver. Um, she confronts the attorney um, to find out why, and he threatens to call the police. Um, and she bluffs by telling him that uh, not to tell the authority. That she has her own story to tell and not to tell the authorities. Um, and then uh, let's see what else. She waits for a phone call from Matt Murdock to inform her that the police have dropped the investigation. Um, and uh, he explains that the bruises identified that she was killed by those uh, were like the hands of a very large man. And oh, and then she gets attacked by mountainous, like by a mountainous man. Who is that? Uh, Michael. Mountain Man Marco, is that an actual character? No idea. I've never heard of him. I, as Mariah Carey says, <laughs> I don't know her. I don't know her. Uh, so she gets attacked by this same guy, um, and she ends up punching him in the crotch, and she has superpowers, so she really kind of does some damage to him because uh, he was going to probably kill and rape her, um, which is always good. So, um, and yes, he was a character. He was a bad guy from Heroes for Hire. Then Jessica Jones, dad, yeah, he's, he's been doing stuff for a while. Okay, so anyway, um, so uh, let's see. She goes to the golf course. She talks to uh, somebody. Uh, Pretty much the mastermind behind this whole yeah. thing. And then she dumps the the body uh, there. Um, and then uh, and then basically at that point in time, Shield shows up when she goes to talk to this guy, and she realizes that she has a um, uh, like a, a bug on her. And then, um, so she goes home, she destroys the bug, and then uh, Captain America shows up and says, hey, thanks, I owe you one, you know, for not, you know, getting me busted or getting me in trouble or revealing my secret identity and suggests that she calls Carol Danvers. And that's basically the end of the Captain America storyline. That yeah. seemed fair to everybody? Yeah. Yeah? yeah. Any thoughts, questions, um, concerns? The, so, um, yeah, so I, it's, it's interesting that the... Um, once again, the TV show didn't pick up on this because, I mean, what an easy way to have Jessica Jones and Daredevil cross over than have him randomly come, uh, you know, uh, you know, once again, if she's, if she's convicted or under investigation for murder, who else would show up but, you know, Matt Murdock, yeah. you know, who's the, the, the people's champion. Um, and once again, have, having him even know Luke Cage in the TV show would, would have been nice too because obviously I'm sure Luke Cage has been in some some fairly stitchy, sticky situations <laughs> in the TV show. Sweet Christmas. Sweet, Sweet Christmas. Christmas. Um, but uh, it's it, like I love the, the political intrigue of this of this story where it, it's like they're, they, they totally just find this random kind of a, you know private detective to, to do all of the stuff but um, it, you know it, it, so I the superheroes adjacent story of of this, where it's yeah, it's in the world of superheroes, but there's really not a whole lot of like superheroing uh-huh. going on, which is which yeah. is really cool. Yeah, you never even really see Jessica Jones use any of her powers. I mean, she she fights the guy at the beginning and crushes that glass. It's not as if she she really kind of goes through. And actually, one of the cool parts was when she's being interrogated by the cops. And she's like telling him, like, you know, I could just get out of here if I wanted to, right? Like, you mm-hmm. do understand what I can do. <laughs> He's like, is that a threat? She's like, no, I'm just telling you. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was it was great because as much as she, obviously she has lots of powers and she, you know talk about how can she fly? She's like, well, I can take off. I'm not good at landing. Uh, they really do a good job of presenting her almost as like an every woman. Like she mm-hmm. goes about her job and she solves these cases. 
just by herself. And then, yeah, when she found Father the Mountain Man, she, of course, kicked his ass because she can. Um, but she doesn't rely on her powers, so they're there to help her out when she needs them, but they're not, like, a crush for her. Like, if her powers disappeared tomorrow, she could probably still get by and do her job without them. She, in a certain way, the way they describe her kind of reminds me of, I've known a few people who have been in professional sports for like a brief period of time and they haven't been like a Kobe or a Cam Newton or anything huge like that, uh, yay sports ball. But like, you know, they might have been in one or two seasons or like my sister um, had a friend whose dad was the kicker for the Saints for like two years. Uh, you know, like and, Tim Tebow. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, well, but not as famous as Tim Tebow. Like, they were just a guy who was on a major sports team that you had heard of. So it would be like, it kind of like, it's it's almost like the whole uh, Hawkeye thing again. Like, it's not, it was a part of their life at one point in time. It's not their life now. You know what I mean? So it's like, Oh, and they actually had talent. On, like, yeah, exactly. You know, but so yeah, it's one of those things where they're kind of like, you know, like if you ever talk to him about it, yeah, they'll talk to him about it, but it's not like a big deal. Like they define their life by something else now. And that's kind of what she, it, it always reminded me of, of like somebody who had their shot, the limelight for some reason, it didn't work out. They didn't, you know, they weren't quite as talented. They didn't have quite the buzz, whatever it was, you know, and it's like, okay, they're kidnapped by a super villain and raped repeatedly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stuff like that. You know what I mean? And I don't know if it was in this one or the one the part coming up where they actually, it might have been the cop asked her why, why'd you step away? Like, why don't you do this anymore? And she's like, well, because I can't inspire people like Captain America can, you know? Yeah. So I just want to go out there, kick ass, get the job done, but I don't want to be the, like the hero. I just want to do the job. Yeah. And, she's like, and so for me, the limelight wasn't where I was going to thrive. So here I am living paycheck to paycheck, you know, uh, with ramen noodles coming out my nose. That's all I can afford to eat. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I, I like that. There's like that grungy real life kind of story being told in a fantastical setting with, occasional superpower from it. Well, and it's kind of cool that she has superpowers, but she's making a majority of her money on her talent and her brains. It has nothing to do with her skills. Or superhero skills, I should say. Wait, I thought women weren't allowed to be smart. Uh, yeah, well, you know. I mean, it shocked me let her out of the kitchen or let her wear shoes, you know <laughs> what I mean? So, uh... So, speaking, <laughs> speaking of women and feminism, so the next issue, which is actually my favorite one in, in the thing, is two girls <laughs> talking about boys. Um, <laughs> where, where, where Jessica actually d- does resolve to call um, her old sort of partner, Carol Danvers, um, and they just, they're just trying to, you know, be, quote, as normal as possible. Uh, She's like, bitch, you ain't got no titties. You, know, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. but, 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 you suck dick, don't you, bitch? <laughs> <laughs> the, um, it's, it's the, uh, oh, well, you, you, the, uh, I have a very nice boy for you. His name is Scott Lang. She's like, he's not even the real Ant-Man. <laughs> like, like, no way. And, um, and the fact yeah, that uh, Luke Cage is a cape chaser. And I've, I also think that they talk about the fact that She-Hulk is kind of a slut. Because she is. Because she uh, slept with everyone. But at the same time, but, uh, I should take that back. She Hulk is not a slut. She Hulk just gets hers. Like, <laughs> yes, ma'am. If Tony Stark can literally fuck the entire Marvel <laughs> universe, so can you, She Hulk. Oh no, I support She Hulk. Yeah, Je- Jennifer Walters, you go ahead. Um, but I, it, it's kind of—it's it, my favorite scene because number one, I, I do love Carol Danvers. Um, I've been a fan of hers for a long time. Um, ever since Rogue stole her powers. That's and um, <laughs> I know who that's just talking about, bitch. Um, <laughs> but uh, the, the, and because, like, you can tell that Jessica's trying to be 
like, oh, hey, yeah, we used to be friends and let's talk about stuff. And then it's like, mm, but we're really not friends anymore. Probably yeah. because, and once again, we don't find out in this issue. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of jumping ahead in the story. But because, um, you know, Je- one of the reasons that Jessica kind of quit was that she felt abandoned. Like they didn't know that she was kidnapped by the Purple Man and having these terrible things done to her. Although, much like um, Carol, the same thing happened to her. And she got really fucking pissed at the Avengers, too. And they found out they're like, what, Carol Danvers, you had this baby and you were so in love with this guy. She's mm-hmm. like, yeah, so was fucking brainwashed yeah. and raped by this guy and forced to have his kid who turned out to be him second incarnation. Mm-hmm. Like, hashtag comic books. But like, <laughs> As you do. And so uh, what I uh, what I was hoping for when I first read this, this book years ago um, was uh, that they actually were going to bring up that Marcus storyline with, um, with Carol because... Um, because once again, it's like, oh, Jessica, like, I feel so bad for you. But Carol has been through kind of the same thing. And once again, I just, I just love it when <laughs> girls are friends. Because um, it also, uh, side story, it also reminds me of the scene in Avengers Disassembled when Wasp and um, Scarlet Witch are, are sitting next to each other. And once again, kind of talked about boys. And at the time, Wasp... Uh, she thought she was pregnant and it could have been Hawkeyes or it could have been Hank Pym's and once again Wasp girl look at your life look at your choices and you know it's just once again it's like girl talk but it's like for superheroes we totally just kicked like people's ass yesterday and saved the world but I still have boy problems so now does that make this fail the Beckdale test at that point in time because it literally is two women sitting there talking about men Uh, I mean this issue does but like as a as a whole kind of comic book no probably not, but yeah, no. it's just I, it's, it's, it, it, this one issue. Yes, well, and really, it's this conversation in this issue. Yeah, mean, really. because, because, because also, um, like especially like on Jessica's side, I feel like she's kind of forcing herself to have this conversation. Yeah. I don't think she really wants to have this conversation. She's just really trying to. Once again, it's like Carol, you did me a solid. You know, Captain America told me to call you, so I'm gonna fucking call you. Um, you, you know, and then, and isn't it, once again, I, I didn't, I didn't reread this book before today because I've read it, because no. I've read shame it a whole Bell, bunch of the times. Shame, Bell, I need it now. Come on, Adam. Fail. Shame. Um, but it, also at the end, doesn't Carol say something like, you know, let's not wait a thousand years before you yeah. call me again or whatever? Yeah. Um, so, so, you know, the, it, they're sort of re- repairing this this damaged friendship, which is also just nice. No, it, it was very much that conversation you have with a an old high school friend who you ran into, you know, one night. And you're like, yeah, sure, we should totally hang out. And you go hang out and be like, we don't have a lot in common. And yeah. I'm just here to be polite. Uh, you know, that kind of conversation. Uh, yeah. So, so anyway, so, so then Carol goes off to be an Avenger. Yes, Carol goes off to be Avenger. She disappears behind some bushes and flash, she's gone. Um, there's probably some subtext there. Anyway, so then um, we have Jessica is go, goes home. She's working on the internet. She's working on a case where some woman thinks that her husband is cheating on her and is gay. So she's acting like a guy online and and, uh, and flirting with a dude. Um, and uh, which which it, it, isn't this the scene yeah. where she's doing it and she's on the toilet? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I have to go look which, which which once again they they did in the TV show where she's working from the toilet. Well, Sorry, I was trying to get shame on my computer fucked up. <laughs> Technology. Like, now tell me, what does it mean? Come on, Paul <laughs> Abdul, reference. 
I, I'm actually totally lost on that. You're welcome, America. Paul Abdul's Vibology is one of the best, best <laughs> songs ever. <laughs> Alright, there you go. Better late than never. <laughs> I may have to record that sample just so I can put it in and post just anywhere I need to. Uh, <laughs> There's an app for that. Oh, what I was going to mention too was the only other female conversation in this book is also about a man. So yeah, this issue fully fails. To that oh, that's true. It does. Yeah, because getting to the next uh, thing, uh, a woman visits uh, Jessica Jones as uh, apparently looking for Jessica's cousin Rick Jones, Jones which they don't actually. Um, <laughs> Rick Jones, Rick Jones, bitch. Um, uh, yeah, there's a, they're not related, but you know this woman breaks down saying that Rick Jones is her husband and that he's he's married or that they've been married and he disappeared and that he's actually a uh, a rock star some of that and he's been gone. So Jessica goes to investigate him, finds out that he's written a book called Sidekick. Who was he a sidekick to? <laughs> he was a sidekick to everybody. He oh, really? was the sidekick that got passed around. He uh, was um, he was the Bukaki sidekick. American sidekick. He was originally introduced as Hulk sidekick. So you um, visited uh, the Bukaki boy for the. That's event. what I yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, he was he was uh, joined with Captain Marvel for a while. The second one, he once again he's been like everybody, uh, everyone's sidekick, which is why he, he then he makes she hold the Sorry, he makes she Well, he did marry a stripper. Um, oh, good for him. Uh, which is which is how I learned the word adesiast before I knew the word from gypsy. Um, I don't even know what that word is. What is it's, that? It's a, it's an old word for stripper. It means um, like the actual Latin or Greek or whatever it comes from means uh, to shed one's skin. It's something that sheds its skin. Um, no, it, was, it, was. it was a very fancy word for a stripper back in the day. Wow, vocabulary lessons here on the So, so the, the the funny story about that. So, kind of side note about Rick Jones. So, when Rick Jones was getting married to his wife named Marlo, um, they went to go hire a stripper. Well, I I think it, it might have even been Captain America, but he, he because it, you know playing on Captain America's sort of naivete, he thought that an egdesiast <laughs> was a magician. <laughs> There's something magic about what they do. Yeah. Um, so, oh no, no. I, so, no, I'm sorry. Uh, Marla was not a stripper. She was in a porn movie because what happens is, so they hire the stripper. It's super awkward and they, you know, make her leave or whatever. So then they go to watch this quote stag film, and the star of the movie is Rick <laughs> Jones' future wife, Marlo. <laughs> um, this was actually in a uh, comic book. Yes. Yes. This was in like a mainstream comic book. Yes, yeah, it was in The Incredible Hulk, whichever one that um that, that Rick Jones got married in. Here, hold on. I mean, I can look oh that up real quick as, as we're talking. This uh, is like, yeah. That's not like a Max book. Like, that was like a normal... <laughs> yeah, no, just, just a regular <laughs> comic book. Wow, I've now missed out so much shit. Holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and once again, the reason I found out about this once, uh, my dear um, Wizard Magazine, they were talking about like some of the most awkward moments in comic books. <laughs> that was going to be one of them. Obviously, that one was the one. Oh man. Um, but anyway, so he writes this book, Sidekicks, or Sidekick, because he was literally the sidekick to everyone and all of the, um, you know, sort of adventures that he that he went on, and. Um, it's kind of fun. So, um, and once again, they're they're not related, but uh, which to me, once again, signified that uh, something's not all quite right here. Yeah. Well, in these first two books, the person who comes to hire her is never completely on the. Uh, well, I mean, 
they might be on the up and up, but they don't necessarily know what's up. You know, like something's something wacky is in in afoot. Um, can I also just say that I didn't re- I didn't even realize this. I'm looking up uh, Margot uh, Mar- or Marlowe's um, Wikipedia page, mm-hmm. and before she started dating Rick Jones, she dated the Hulk in his Mister <laughs> Mister Fix It personality. It's like, girl. She's oh. like speaking of cave chasers. I know, right? Like, okay, here's the thing. You always see those like shows, like sitcoms and all that sort of stuff. Will have like some poor little white guy feel like a little inadequate because he finds out that his uh, his girlfriend or his mm-hmm. wife used to date a black guy, and they assume the black guy has a really big dick, right? So like they even they do an episode of that on Big Bang Theory with Bernadette and uh, and Simon Halberg, who's real uh, Howard Wolowitz on it, right? So okay, that's one thing. But if your girlfriend used to fucking date the Hulk, <laughs> you gotta feel like she's probably hollow inside. Like, really, like... So I, I, I found the part. So, at the bachelor party, Rick discovered a soft porn film that of Marlo stripping nude at a beach, one of several films she appeared in just after she finished high school. Oh, it's only soft porn. That's, that's yeah. fine. Did he still marry I mean, her? Yeah, yeah, they, they still got married. But then she left him. She dated, um... Oh, which one of the female superheroes? Did she, oh, she dated Moon Dragon for a while, and um, yeah, she's she, she she's also now a, a personification of death. <laughs> uh, now, I mean, well, hashtag comic books, ladies and gentlemen. So, is she dating Thanos now? <laughs> what? Is she dating Thanos now? <laughs> no, she. Well, uh, apparently she was in the chaos war- once again. Uh, uh, these these people these days, I don't know what the fuck all this stuff is. I feel like the more I learn about the history of comic books from Q, the less I have <laughs> room to make fun of my mom for watching soap operas. Like, <laughs> Girl, first of all, that's kind of my favorite part about um, about comic books is the soap opera ness. Oh, like, like if I named my like my top like my my favorite. Issues. It's either someone dying, someone breaking up, um, you know, all of someone getting married, like all of like the crazy, super dramatic nonsense that happens in comic books. Not necessarily like the big battle ones. You are right. Like, I, oh my god. Like, because like one of the biggest issues of like Deadpool on the last run was the fucking wedding, and they had every fucking superhero show up to Deadpool's wedding. And of course, he was dating the daughter of like the king of the underworld or whatever <laughs> anyway so like hashtag comic books holy shit so, <laughs> anyway, so, so let's, let's wrap up this, this book real quick I feel a little dirty right now I'm having like this weird revelation like, is like, that just because I'm touching myself or what I just, I just I don't know man like I feel like I, I, I yeah I, I really feel like maybe all these comic book stories they shouldn't be trying to make you know the Marvel movies what they should do is start doing like daytime television like that's well and I, um, there's a, a, a show I don't know whether whether or not it's picked up and maybe Adam knows but it's the um, oh there was a comic book called it was like Cleanup Crew or something where it's like the people who deal with like the insurance and liability issues after giant superhero battles there was a DC one and a Marvel mm-hmm. one but the DC one is the one that got picked up there's something uh, similar to that oh uh, um, that's too bad because I believe Vanessa Hutchins was in the Marvel one oh really and I love Vanessa Hutchins um yeah, yeah they, it was called Damage Control and they were working on it uh, haven't really seen much about it since last year, so I'm not sure what happened. Okay, 
So, and to be honest with you, as we're describing this book, I have the hardest time not saying, Rick Jones, bitch! <laughs> That's good, I've been saying it for you. So, um, in in uh, the whole Rick Jones thing, my favorite thing is when um, she tracks him down in the in the village, and he's playing, and he's all, like, hippie cool or whatever, and then he, like, runs away from her, like, what the fuck, what is this guy doing? And then he's like, are you with the Kree? Are you with the Skrulls? And I was like, yeah. oh shit, Rick Jones is in deep cover, hiding from everyone. Yeah. Because... Like, you know, who knew? Except not. Is he, in, uh, I, uh, is he in deep cover, or is he just like a paranoid schizophrenic kind of dude? No, so, so, you know, just to kind of plow through the rest of this book to kind of wrap it up, um, she, you know, she she helps this guy, Rick, who says that he is, that he's hiding from the Kree and the Skrulls, because um, for once again, the people who may or may not know who Rick Jones is, he was actually a huge part of the Kree Skull, Skrull War, um, story arc which happens in I think is like the mm-hmm. mid lady uh, yeah so so he so he's trying to say that oh you know now I'm like this war criminal and I have to you know be be undercover and she's like well shit I'm friends with the Avengers like let's go see them and he's like oh no I can't do that which to me I was like oh mm, there's something there's something off about this guy girl um yeah like there's some off so she's like all right well then let's go see the Fantastic Four the Fantastic Four is like mm, girl be busy mm-hmm. and um, <laughs> yada 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 you come to find out that. That um, this Rick Jones is not the real Rick Jones, and Jarvis, um, the ever-present uh, Avengers Butler, calls her, and he's like, uh, "Rick Jones is totally like cool, chilling in, in Los Angeles with his wife and stuff." Yeah. And you know, there is this guy who lives in New York who's calling himself Rick Jones, but it's not Rick Jones. And um, when she goes to confront him. Um, the, the wife is like, oh, no, we found them, and we're totally happy. And she was like, all right, whatever, crazy folks. Like, I'm out. Deuces. Um, and she goes to go confront the other guy who, um, you know, the, the gay guy that she was talking to on the internet, who we find out is a psychotherapist to talk about this whole kind of um, this Rick Jones scenario as well. And then at the end, she's just kind of like, uh, P.S., go come out to your wife. Like, stop being a dick. Yeah. Um... But the, the the kind of nice little wrap up to the story, which would what makes me feel bad for her. So this guy's totally being this Rick Jones impersonator is kind of being a dick because he's just making up this shit. And Jessica feels kind of um, attached to him because you know she read his book and she knows what what it's like to be the sidekick and you know all of his sort of uh, insecurities about being the sidekick, the the person who's like lesser than. The uh, you know the you know Captain America, the Hulk, uh, Ms. Marvel, you know all of these people, and like when they, like you, like you, you just you just kind of feel bad for her again because she totally fell for this idiot sort of weird delusion kind of a thing. But and then that's the end of this this um this trade. That is the end of this trade. And ironically, I think I am the only person to give out a cocktail, so we'll probably need to go back and do all of that. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> so, I'm, I'm going to be real quick. My cocktail is called the Private Dick. Go get yourself a <laughs> bottle of Jim Beam. Drink it. Boom. <laughs> okay. Uh, Todd, do you want to give us your uh, your cocktail? Well, mine's somewhat similar in spirit, I guess, to Q's. But um, she spends a lot of time in the bar and not doing very well, and she's just trying to pass the time. So I recommend a bottle of High West Campfire Whiskey. Great. I love that Campfire Whiskey. And just drink it straight just to pass the time. 
and like time goes. To be honest with you, as much as I love Campfire, and I'm not going to argue on this because sure. I do love it. That that is way too fancy for for Jessica Jones. <laughs> <laughs> It's way too fancy. It's good shit. It Don't is. get me wrong. I was really enjoying that shit. today. So. Yeah. Actually, okay. So, so weird side mm-hmm. note, and then I'll get to you, Adam. Actually, um, so uh, on Tuesday, Jess and I went to um, our favorite speakeasy. It was the first speakeasy I ever went to, and like kind of got me into the really high-end cocktail bars. Before then, I just thought, oh, you just go to a bar, you order rum and coke, and hope they don't right. fuck it up. Um, and uh, so we went down to this place in. Um, in uh, San Diego, um, one of my favorite speakeasies ever, and uh, we're talking to the bartender about it, you know, who was a very cool dude, and uh, we were, you know, I was kind of like, Jess was like, well, how do you get to get more information about it and all sorts of stuff? Um, and he says, well, there's actually like an online class thing called Bar Smarts that like, it's it's done by a bar company or a liquor company, but you can actually like pay and take this online course and you'll get like this sort of certification kind of thing. Well, they have an introductory class as well called Bar Starts. So I was like, you know what, for 30 bucks, I'd like to know more about alcohol. Cause my thought process was, you know, maybe instead of looking up books for this show, I could actually make up my own drinks, you know, if I got a little more bartending skill and could be a, l- a little more adventuresome and experimental like Adam is, um, you know, right. not in the sexual way, just in the drinking way. Um, so oh, honey, uh, I'm pretty vanilla. Just uh, dicks everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so, yeah, so I start taking that. But so anyway, a lot of the introductory stuff is like just information on um uh, different alcohols and where they came from, and I have done a lot of reading recently because uh, you, you do like there's like four sections, and you read and then you take a test, and you read and you take a test, and you read and you take a test. So um, I passed the first two tests, thank you very much. Um, um, and uh, recently, I've been reading a lot about uh, whiskeys and liquors, and it's actually been very, very interesting as to how like the simplified way they tell you how things are actually made and, and the, the history of why things are made the way they are and why Canadian whiskey is the way that it is. So I don't know. It was it was very fascinating and very interesting. So I have learned a lot about whiskey over the last couple days. But I still do love me some high west whiskey. Um, so Adam, do you have a cocktail for us? Actually yeah and before I get there, uh, that's actually really cool. Thanks for letting us know because that's I'm a huge I love learning stuff so as much as I already know a bit like that's actually something I would like to try and take a look at and gain some more knowledge. Both classes are like 30 bucks. So, I mean, for me, I thought, ah, 30 bucks, I'll try out the Smarts one. And like, That's a bottle of whiskey. Exactly, that's kind of <laughs> my thought. So, like, um, so I'm enjoying it so far. I mean, and you have 60 days to pass the class. Um, but I'm thinking I'm probably going to do both. So um, I will let you guys know on air, um, our dear listeners, um, as Q has dubbed you, which I, I like. Uh, I'll let you know how it goes. But uh, so far, I've had a good time with it. It's been uh, something to do when I've been bored at work. So it's been great. But uh, And interestingly enough, actually, uh, you mentioned a speakeasy. I was kind of just popping online looking for uh, something to try to make. And the recipe I found uh, comes from a speakeasy I believe you're familiar with. I am very in, familiar uh, with the speakeasy. Up in San Francisco, it's the Wilson Wilson Private Detective Agency. Yes. Um, Can I actually tell you, before you get in your drink, i got to yeah, tell yeah, you yeah. a little bit about this place. So... The Wilson Wilson Private Detective Agency is actually part of a larger speakeasy complex. The um, the main speakeasy is a place called um, Bourbon and Branch. Uh, that's the one I've, I've officially drank at. My sister, or not my sister, my wife has, that's a really awkward Utah thing. Um, my um, my, uh, my wife has actually taken her mother to uh, Wilson and Wilson, but I've been in Wilson and Wilson. Um, so Bourbon and Branch, uh, it's you basically you have to make a reservation beforehand. There's a guy at the door, and they give you a specific password for your party at your specific time. Um, and then, uh, so there, there's actually like sort of four bars attached to each other. So there's Bourbon and Branch. There's a, a walk-up bar that you don't have to get access to in the back called the Library. And if you're in Bourbon and Branch and you finish off your drink and you ask to go to, uh, to see the books, they'll take you through a secret passageway to the library. But the interesting thing is, is that uh, we've done some research online. We'd be 
we had made really good friends with the guys at um, Bourbon Branch, um, and uh, they actually shut down the bar and let us hang out. Um, they were impressed with where me and my wife worked, and we were impressed with where they worked, so we just kind of traded stories back and forth. And I had, this is where I got into whiskey, actually, is at this bar, because I had told them, you know, I'd always had an interest in whiskey, I kind of wanted to get into it, but the problem was I always felt like it was too expensive. I had that thought of, like, high-end scotch and whatnot being too expensive, and they're like, oh, well, here, you should try these. And so they basically let us start tasting things. Um, and then we got engaged like two days later, and so we had we gotten the phone number of one of the bartenders, and we said, "Hey, we'd like to, um, you know, where, where's a good champagne bar to go celebrate?" And he goes, "You guys got engaged, didn't you?" And she's like, "Yeah." She goes, "No, l- l- come back to Bourbon Branch. We'll roll out the red carpet for you." So the bartender made us a reservation. We came in, we sat at the bar. The guy who is a famous bartender in the area is a guy named um, uh, Jason Wild. Um, this was just before he left. For those of you who follow bars a lot, Jason uh, has since started up his own. Um, uh, bar and haircutting place, oddly, uh, in uh, Sacramento called Bottle and Barlow. But this is when he was still head um, bartender for Bourbon Branch. And Bourbon Branch is also known for having one of the largest whiskey section uh, selections in the country. Um, but so we sat there at the bar with him, and he treated us really well. We talked with him, we chatted with him. Um, we probably we drank all night, sat there by the bar. Some of the older bartenders we ran into the day before came back and visited. Um, one of them's a guy from Idaho originally, but um, he knows a lot of the guys at Bar X. Um, he actually, we, we said, hey, we're because he knows the Salt Lake area. He used to work there before he came out to San Francisco. Uh, a guy named Eddie, and I don't remember Eddie's last name. Um, but... Uh, he had recommended us going to uh, Bar X. We're like, what's the best bar in Salt Lake City from a, a bartender's perspective? He's like, you got to go to Bar X. So, anyway, they came back to visit and all sorts of stuff. So, we were talking to him and he said, hey, we'd heard about the original Speakeasy, which is attached to this building. And so, he took us around and showed us what it is. So, what it is, is you have on one side, you have uh, Bourbon and Branch, and at the back, you have the library. Then in the middle is the original, what they call the cigar shop. That really was a Speakeasy during Prohibition. And the way it would work is you would walk in to the cigar shop and you would you know browse if you were cool and in the know and you would ask for a very specific cigar that didn't really exist and the the guy would say i don't have any in stock let me check downstairs in the stock stock he would lock the front door and open up a uh to go into the cellar and that's the staircase that led you down to the original speakeasy which is still there and if you're really nice to them and really cool not dicks they will show it to you and that's where they actually store their overstock of of booze now but the thing is, is that part of the reason why no one ever got busted this speakeasy was there were tunnels that escaped out from the back of it, and some of them are still exist. So they showed us a few of the tunnels. They don't know where they end, but they go out underneath the city of San Francisco and out to different areas, which is kind of fucking amazing. That's so, awesome. Yeah, it's an incredible, really cool history of, you know, speakeasy and that kind of thing. So they showed us that. Then he showed us um, the speakeasy you're talking about, which is next to it as well. So... If you're looking at the street, on the corner is uh, Berman Branch, and it actually has a sign out front that says um, Anti-Saloon League, um, which is kind of a, a joke to the anti-prohibition stuff and all that kind of thing. Um, and then in the middle um, is the uh, is the cigar shop, and then next to it is Wilson & Wilson. And the way Wilson & Wilson works is they actually got their theme off of when they were remodeling the uh, bar, they found a purse in the wall so of just someone who had randomly left it there so they basically your menu is a case file and the photographs and the story involved with this case file are actually from the the remnants of that purse so it's like a missing person's case in this detective agency quote unquote but it's a normal bar but it's like um it's like a three-course meal of alcohol sort of thing so you go in there and you sort of 
you talk to the bartender and you sort of kind of give them an idea of your vibe and they do a three-course meal. So they do a, a lighter introductory sort of drink and then they will do like a, a heavy sort of main course drink and then they'll do like sort of a lighter, sweeter drink to finish it off. So they basically set up like a full drinking palette for you and like basically sort of set your evening up the way you would at a, a fine restaurant. But a really, really cool, cool place. So if you're in the San Francisco area, um, I totally recommend, you know, any of those bars, if you can get into them, are fantastic. They don't really use... Um, the cigar room very much other than for like private events or for overflow but if you're also in the area they also do um mixology classes um there as well and they are i mean they are still they're badass they're really cool dudes um and uh i've still kept in touch with a few of them and they're like they're great they're the same way a lot of us are nerds about uh comic books they are nerds about alcohol they know their shit and uh and they're great so Yes, that's my plug for Wilson & Wilson. It is a very fun, very cool joint. Um, sorry, Adam, took a lot of time. No, but. you're fine. Uh, that, that, that's really cool. Like I've, the whole speakeasy thing is a really, really cool idea. I love a lot, and so I'm excited to one day hopefully go to California. And if you go to California, i got a couple spots I will take you to for sure. Nice. Uh, but yeah, so this was actually a drink from, uh, from Wilson & Wilson. It's called the Charlie Chan, and I picked that because, well, it, it's just fun to look back and kind of look at how history's changed and how you could have a character like Charlie Chan who was this very, very famous, you know, detective from the thirties and forties who basically was an actor in I guess you'd call it Yellowface. I guess so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's horribly racist and horrific, uh, but then it was beautifully redone, uh, retold in Murder by Death, which was a seventies such eighties movie that was making fun of all these tropes. And you had Columbo's like Sam Spade. You had uh, Peter Sellers as this Charlie Chan type character. I actually have a copy of that on DVD that was given to me as a gift, actually. Oh, have you seen it yet? I, I got it for Christmas at one point in time. I actually have a copy of it, yeah. Oh, it, it's, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. It's just, it's wonderful. Um, but yeah, this drink, it's essentially, it's uh, another infused drink. So you get some good, good vodka. You infuse it with black tea. Uh, so not, not the fancy kind we use for the the cherry bits, just you know a good dark black tea. Uh, mix it with some ginger syrup, so a simple syrup that's been ginger infused, uh, lemon juice, and then uh, they had some other stuff that I didn't really have a way to make, so I just kind of shook it all together and added some uh, club soda, poured it over ice, and it was pretty tasty. So um, yeah, a Charlie Chan, rock on. Yeah, and they uh, they're a good place, man. So uh, and those guys are awesome, um, and I think Eddie's still up there. Um, but yeah, well, cool. Uh, so does anybody have any final thoughts, um, reviews, that kind of thing on this book? I thoroughly enjoyed this book. A lot of ways there's some similarities to the last episodes of Hawkeye. I mean, you have Hawkeye not Avengering, and then you've got Jessica that's no longer an Avenger or with that group at all. Yeah. So there's some similar. This one's a much more serious tone and not nearly so lighthearted. lighthearted. That one is a bit more of a get smart edition, in my opinion. Yeah. But it's fun. Um, it was two main story arcs, but there was a lot of issues in with this trade. So it was a very full yeah. trade. So um, oh, yeah. I, all in all, even with my complaints about Thought Bubbles, I do like Bendis. His stories are tight and well done. Um, the art was great, and this was good. I thoroughly enjoyed it. So I give it a two thumbs. Two thumbs. Two thumbs. Who likes this song? Two thumbs. And has two thumbs. This guy. Um, speaking of Bendis, and based on your recommendation, Todd, I actually read um, uh, Fortune and Glory this week because it arrived, right. and uh, I, I liked it a lot. I, the the new edition is in color, by the way. I don't know if you knew oh, that or not. Huh. Um, but it's been republished. Uh, yeah, but it's republished in color, which I don't think took away from the story. But it was fun. It was very interesting. It was very cool. And I really I did like okay. it. So Todd recommended that a few weeks ago. Um, I will second that. That is a fun read. 
Um, Adam, do you have any thoughts on that? Um, you know, I, I, or I'm not on that book, <laughs> but on the story and stuff that. Yeah, I mean, overall, I did like it. I, I felt the the second story was it kind of was a bit weaker than the first one. Um, I didn't quite enjoy it as much as I did with the whole Captain America and like the political intrigue. And like, and like you mentioned, I love, I'm a sucker for political stuff, so the the whole idea that this was just a way to discredit uh, presidential candidate just was fun for me. Uh, the artwork I, I kind of struggled with a bit. I like the gritty feel and the raw feel it gives. Uh, I'm just not a fan of the way they draw faces. I just I every time I see it, it reminds me of a monkey for some reason. I can't tell you why. <laughs> uh, but she's not I, supposed to be pretty. Don't no, uh, you're, you're, you're 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 anyway. I'm sorry. I was trying to make a joke and I'm too drunk. <laughs> Actually, no. What, her face didn't bug me. What bugged me was the way they he. There's a scene where uh, when they're showing Steve Rogers put on the Captain America mask uh, in the videotape. And he just—he looked like a monkey, and I just—it just tore me out of it. I was like, ah, fuck it. Uh, but no, it's—it's it's an interesting read. I—I I was a big fan of the TV show, so it was really cool seeing kind of the inspiration because you know the TV show is a lot different than what we got in the comic. Uh, and I'm definitely interested to, f- to finish the series. It's like what 28 issues, I think. So there's two or three more trades. Yeah, they did 28 issues. So, but yeah, I—I'm I, in. I want to read more, and uh, I'm, I'm excited to see what they can do next. Cool. Uh, Q, you're OG on this, and what, what's your thoughts? Um, I, I really like this book. Um, I, I Once again, it's kind of the superhero adjacent thing that even um, like last week's mm-hmm. Hawkeye was was about. Because um, it, it's it's sort of like, you know, the, the day in the life of superheroes, because it, it's one, trying to make them real people instead of, you know, just our idealized versions of things. And even later in the in the thing where we find out about the whole Kilgrave situation, which for those of you who have seen the TV show that this was um, based on, or that the TV show was based on uh, this book, the... Um, you know, that's like some fucked up shit that happened. Yeah, <laughs> and, really and um once again, like, unfortunately, fucked up shit happens to to real people, and um, it, it you know not everyone is cut up for a superhero now. Um, also, originally, this even though it's like adjacent, Jessica Jones was still not quite a part of the canon six one six for those kind of nerds out there, uh, Marvel universe. And um, they have this comic book was so popular that they decided, well, do you know what? No, we'll just go ahead and kind of rebrand her, soften her up a slight, and uh, put her in put her in the the real universe. And eventually, she does uh, get married to Luke Cage. They mm-hmm. have a, a daughter, Danielle, who unfortunately has Squirrel Girl as a babysitter that I never oh, really? will understand. Yeah, Squirrel Girl. Um, and uh, eventually she um, does go back to her jewel costume. Um, at least she does in a, in a couple of issues. Um, also, kind of when um, so when jewel didn't work out, she tried to go by nitrous, which was very like a Batman esque. In fact, the costume even kind of looks like Bat the um, Batwoman, the um, current character Kathy Kane. Um, but uh, it, anyway, it's just it, it's it, it's sort of that that more gritty undertone of where the like the Netflix shows are trying to go with with the more so if the Marvel universe and the Marvel movie universe are sort of like the bright shiny superheroes that you know we all know and love the Netflix TV shows and this comic book are sort of that nitty gritty underneath the radar kind of stuff and it's just yeah. it's just good stuff. 
It is. Uh, and uh, I think I'm in agreement with pretty much everybody here. I really did enjoy the book. I don't like the way the faces are drawn. Um, but uh, outside of that, uh, I do I do like it. So I think uh, I think we actually have a full panel of, uh, of people who enjoyed this book. Um, I'm probably going to be reading the rest of it. Uh, the only problem with doing this damn show is that I keep finding really good series and books, and I'm like, fuck, now I have to read even more shit. <laughs> uh, uh, so yeah, so uh, speaking of uh, Q's uh, hatred for Squirrel Girl... Um, I'm going to start out with my recommendations this week. I actually read Squirrel Girl this week just for fun um, and enjoyed the hell out of it, to be honest with you. Uh, there's a new you trailer. people also like Deadpool. Ugh. Yeah, and that's the thing. I will say this. that I, I read Squirrel Girl and I read um, the new... Uh, I read book zero of Howard the Duck and I do like Deadpool and I can see a lot of similarities in those. The, the sense of humor in Squirrel Girl is very similar to the uh, uh, the Daniel Way versions of Deadpool, which is my favorite run on Deadpool. Um, I like that sense of humor. I had fun with it. Um, I thought it was great. I really enjoyed that book. Um, I could understand where it annoys Q because he likes to take his superheroes a little more seriously than you know than that. And uh, it makes sense. But I really I enjoyed both of those books. So uh, Howard the Duck so far, uh, the first trade was really fun um, and enjoyed it. But uh, Squirrel Girl really was. I felt a little weird sitting at work reading Squirrel Girl, but. It was fucking awesome. It was great. I was laughing out loud, and I, I really enjoyed it. So, um, if you if you kind of like Deadpool, you kind of like a little more comedy in your comic books, um, I would actually recommend it. It was a lot of fun and and, uh, and really enjoyable. So, um, uh, now that I've pissed off Q with that recommendation, Q, do you have any recommendations? Now, as <laughs> as they say in seventeen seventy six, I abstain courteously. Okay. Uh, uh, Zerg, uh, aka Todd, do you have any uh, any recommendations? You know, I was um, Losers by Jock and Diggle. I've read that. Yeah, you know, and they even made a movie about it, and that movie covered the first little bit of it, and it was a lot of fun. Seeing Chris Evans pleading not to have a gun pointed at his dick was always funny. I forgot he was in that movie. Oh, he was great. I'll aim something at his dick. So, but the movie was all right. The books are a lot of fun. I do think one of my favorite artists is Jock. He, he does really cool stuff. Did they ever do more you than know. four trades of that book? Nope. Okay. One and done. Four and done. It was all the... That was it. Yeah. It, it's a fun series. Um, something I learned late, um, unfortunately, is, is that they have, uh, like, basically two trades collected into one book. And so I ended up... Like, I have sort of two copies of the third trade because I have like the first two in individual trades and then I have the last two in and in a, in a, the only way I could find the fourth trade to finish off the story was in like the double book so I have like two copies of the third trade basically um, fourth trade yeah yo I yeah. did exactly the same thing yeah so but it's it's yeah. a fun book I do enjoy it uh, yeah mm-hmm. Mr. Sweet Christmas but fucking himself Adam do you have any recommendations? <laughs> um you know this week has just been crazy with work, um, so I haven't had much time to read anything but this. And to be completely honest, I've been playing way too much Pokemon Go. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> so that's my new workout routine. I started it this morning. I woke up this morning and thought people think they're having fun, and it's kind of amazing. I have to say, it's fun. Oh yeah, I, I've met more of my neighbors in the last two days than I have in the two years I've lived here. So, <laughs> yeah. So that's honestly, I'm sure next week I'll have a chance to go to the comic store and pick up some stuff, uh, but. Yeah, Pokemon Go is life. <laughs> uh, it was great because, like, I was wandering through a park with Jess today. We saw all, like, and it was funny because it was, like, it was a lot of, we, we saw ourselves, like, there was a lot of young couples out with their phones out wandering around looking for Pokemon. And it was, like, and then there was a bunch of kids out there. And it's, like, but it was kind of cool. Like, 
these like kids would skateboard up and be like, hey, there's a you know a chalamander up over there. There's like they're calling out where stuff is and they're being helpful and like you're actually talking to your neighbors and like in a world that has been dark and scary recently, it was kind of a refreshing, nice little like, oh, kind of a fun community. Everyone getting out in their neighborhood and like I don't know. Actually, I think it actually has some some value, even though it annoys the living shit out of Q. Um, but uh, yeah, and no response. I'm shocked. Okay. Sorry, I'm resting comfortably at home. <laughs> <laughs> he is not out searching for Pokemon. No. Uh, well, cool. Um, so next week, I believe we are doing DMZ, which is a recommendation for Todd. Do you want to give a little preview of that, Todd? DMZ, it's um, Wood wrote it. I can't remember his first name at the moment. It uh, takes place in the future, the alternate reality. basic idea is the North and South and the U.S. go to war again against each other. It's not too far off. Well, yeah. The island of Manhattan becomes part of a demilitarized zone of no man's land. So you're following this main character as he goes into the island of Manhattan into the DMZ and seeing what the um, space claimed by neither side is up to. And yeah, that's the preview and uh, so my copy was delivered the other day and jesus christ that is a thick trade <laughs> oh my god it's gonna take me all fucking week to read that it's a good thing i have the week off time you're welcome that's oh well god. planned that's well planned you may want to read hush while you're at it as well which is a future book we're doing <laughs> yes uh, well, that's, thankfully that's i already have one. one yeah that's also a big one too actually because mine i think my copy is in two trades um so well fantastic so that'll do it for uh, this week uh you know uh, if you liked what you heard, or even if you didn't like what you hear, um, you know, like us anyway on uh, uh, whatever device you use to download this, the, uh, you know, Stitcher or iTunes or TuneIn or there's another one I'm missing, Google Play. Um, yeah, you can uh, find us at uh, our website, www.funnybooksandfirewater.com and is spelled out. Um, and uh, there's also links to our social media there as well. We are on uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Tumblr. And I actually figured out a way to start posting more to Tumblr. So hooray for that. Yeah. Um, there's, more than, there's more than porn on Tumblr. Well, no. yeah, there might be. I don't know. Uh, I mean, all I keep getting is uh, requests on uh, Instagram for girls who want to show me their booty. So you know, that's all that really. Uh, yeah, I guess. Um, so uh, anyway, so yeah, so that'll do it for us this week. Um, next week, as we said, we're, we're covering DMZ. Thanks for listening, and uh, until next time, please support your local comic shop and don't forget to tip your bartender. <laughs>